Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children, 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Lone Ostra Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, JC, John Coleman. Dio, what's popping? Baseball season no playoffs are here. Shit about baseball. It is no Friday one... the 13th, homie. Oh. What you gonna do? Do some black cat magic? Do some voodoo? What are you doing Friday the 13th? Smoking weed, Dustin. And playing video games. Just playing video games. That's what you do. That's what I do. Yeah. You got a big big weekend plans? Oh, yeah. Hold on. Since this is, I'm pretending that we're in the future. Yes, we're going to be heading out to Philadelphia. Yeah. Philly, go, here we come. Go Eagles. I love it. If you want to, sure. As long as you don't is say Phil, Is Philadelphia a good city? What am I going to say? Like, Dude, pre- have you seen what's going on in Philly right now? No. I don't know. There's like hoodlums and and uh, like people on four wheelers and motorcycles are terrorizing the city. I am not excited about like going Chicago? there now. Like, am I going to enjoy myself? You know, I'm bougie. I like nice things. I don't want it to be like dirty streets and shit. I took my family up to Philadelphia this There's summer and answer. we There's, enjoyed ourselves. Is anything nice like Rolling Hills or is it just like what's in Philadelphia? That's like, oh, wow, that's like a nice park. What do you think of Boston? Trash. I don't know if you're going to like Philadelphia, oh John. Oh I don't think. God. No, this is not like going out to Boise or going uh, out to Boulder. You're not going out to like the 7D Ranch and yeah. Sunlight Basin, Wyoming. Like, no, no, you're not getting that. This isn't Vancouver. Like this. Shit. It smells you, like boiled peanuts. Uh, look, piss. it's history. You got to love yourself some American history and some cheesesteaks. Crack Bell, Benjamin Franklin. Uh, yes, we, you. See? I will take you to see the Liberty Bell, Johnny. Is there a museum? Johnny, there? we'll take you to see the Liberty Bell. <laughs> Liberty, Liberty Bell. I don't give a damn about the steps on Rocky. I don't want to see it. I couldn't care less. And it's couldn't care less. You could not care less. But anyway, yeah, talk to us about the Braves making the playoffs. Yeah, well. <sighs> Albert Bell. Shout out Kenny Lofton. My guys. Are they? Okay. Um, like, are you saying Albert Bell because of the Liberty Bell? No, or are you Albert, saying because you, like you, you like the Cleveland Indians? Because no, you're naming oh, two Cleveland Indian it's players. It's the Guardians now, Dustin. Okay. Well, but hold on. Who, who, was, who was on the Braves? No, hold on. Let me. I, I, it's going to irritate me. Chipper the, Jones. Chipper Jones, Andrew Jones. You want to go back to Dale Murphy, Bob Horner. Oh, oh. John Schmoltz. Yeah, Have you heard pitcher, of John Schmoltz? Yeah, he's a pitcher. Yeah. Tom oh. Glavin. Tom Glavin, Greg Maddox, John Schmoltz, uh, uh, Steve Avery. Kirby Puckett, just kidding. He played for the Minnesota Twins. Kirby Puckett, number 34, and he beat See? the Atlanta Braves in the World Series. Shout out Kirby Puckett. I used to wear number 34 because of Kirby Puckett. You know really? that? Yeah. I used to get Kirby Puckett trading cards at Tops at the gas, sta- gas station. Kids nowadays don't know yeah. anything about that. Rest in peace, Kirby Puckett. He passed yeah. away all too young. You know what's culturally inappropriate? What? This Braves pennant that I have up here. I mean, Tom's Because it, it has, uh, I think his name was Chief Tomahawk is what it's they called probably him. probably not appropriate now. I'm pretty sure that the Atlanta Braves have kept the right to the name Braves, but, no. but they do not use so the, just, the Native blur, American symbol. Should I just symbol. blur this out? The no. Whole episode? This is a this is a keepsake. This is a part of my childhood. Who signed it? Besides By the way, your parents. If, if you're <laughs> if you're listening on Spotify or Apple, you got to go over to YouTube to see what we're talking about. But um, my son moved out of uh, the house. He's in college now. Shout out college kids. And it forced us to kind of like just reorganize the entire upstairs. We got like new carpet in the bedrooms. We remodeled the bathroom. You we, did? Yeah. When new, was this? Over the past, like, three months. Shit. And then we've been in the office, quote-unquote office, the junk room. We all had that one junk room. And my wife and I have been, we've been throwing out tax returns from, like, the 2006s and 7s. we need to save these just in case. And we pictures, we're throwing out pictures. We have duplicates. I mean, you name it. Like, we are cleaning house. Mm-hmm. But I come across this box my mom had given me. 
Inside of it is an Atlanta Braves pennant, and there are signatures on this pennant. One of those signatures is the Hall of Famer and the announcer, John Schmoltz. He was like a rookie the year that he signed this. I can tell this is authentic because anyone that had a pen, no matter what color, they're like, please just sign this pennant. Yeah, there's yeah, an upside-down there pink one. You, you weren't even doing Sharpies back then. No. You weren't even doing Sharpies. So, yeah, it is a, a playoff season. I am super excited about my Atlanta Braves. I am really worried, Philly people. I'm really worried that the Braves will not make it past the Phillies. The Phillies look legit. They're playing great baseball. Bryce Harper plays for them, I think. Bryce Harper plays for them, yes. That's, Ryan Howard used to play for them. The extent Mike of my, Schmidt used to play for them. The extent, Gary Carter at one time played the for them. extent of my baseball knowledge. Lenny Dykstra. I mean, we can do some old... Bro- Damn, we, Lenny Dykstra. Remember, remember that? that? Yeah. So, um, anyhow, the Braves and Phillies will not be playing... When we are in Philadelphia, though, we can maybe by that time, the Braves or the Phillies should be playing the winner mm-hmm. of the God, this is so Dodgers or Baseball, the Diamondbacks. Whatever. Yeah, because you and I are recording this one week before we drop it. So we're in talking future, about it, it being future, October future, 13th, the f- Friday the 13th. But we actually are recording this a week ahead because we have to work ahead when we're traveling mm-hmm. like we do to various conferences and trade shows. And that's, uh, that's what we're getting ready to do. Okay. So nonetheless, I wanted to pay a little homage to my childhood, to my favorite baseball team, the Atlanta Braves. And something that I was going to share with you that we're going to have to do podcasting around. Uh-huh. I went this weekend. Totally premature. I probably jinxed it. Braves fans, if we don't make the World Series, it's all my fault. Okay. I, I jinxed us. Uh-huh. I have booked hotel rooms. For games three, four, and five mm-hmm. in Baltimore, in Arlington, Texas, as well as in Houston, Texas. Are you bringing your mom again? In hopes that, don't ruin her surprise, John. She, she don't listen to this live She does. Anymore. Oh, shit. I'm going to tell you why she does, too. It's pretty Damn cool. It. Oh, oops. Sorry. What? Sorry. Yep, sorry, Cindy. <laughs> sorry, Cindy. Um, but, um, but, no, in hopes that. The Braves do make the World Series. Like, look, they have to get past the Phillies. Ultimately, that's to get past the Dodgers. But if they do, mm-hmm. I have not been to those three stadiums. Oh, they're so instead of going to Atlanta to mm-hmm. see a game, I would love to go on the road because I've never been to those three stadiums. I'm trying to go to all Major League Baseball stadiums before I turn 50 years old. So in the next six years, I need to hit, like, I think it's like eight or ten more stadiums. Take me up to the ball game. And I just canceled. My hotel reservations for Toronto because they lost. Oh, shout out Toronto. Yep. The only the only team that I didn't do was um, Minnesota because I've already been there. Question. I've already been to the Twin Stadium. I've realized that baseball plays like 400 games a season, and like most of those games are during like the day, like not during holidays, but like people be going to the games. Who has the free time to just take off 16 hours of their day to go to a baseball game on a Tuesday? It's called PTO. But that you have a lot of it, John. PTO paid time. Yeah, I stack it up, and then two weeks, like a day before the end of the year, they're like, "Yeah, it doesn't roll over." Mister Coleman looks like (laughs) 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 jokes on you. (laughs) It's kind of like gift cards, right? Uh, Expired. What the hell? Yeah, you know how many millions of dollars corporate America siphons off of consumers Mm -hmm. because we get these gift cards. It's a twenty-five dollar gift card. We use twenty-three dollars, and we never go back and use the extra two bucks. Yeah, you times that two dollars. Buy a million gift cards sold. There's $2 million. Just floating around in plastic. Let alone gift cards that never even get used. Mm. What a racket gift cards are. Smart. I yes. Kind of like the PTO policy at your employer is such a racket for you because they, <laughs> they don't let you cash it in or they don't oh, let you roll God. it over. It's fine, though. I love doing this. Yeah. Uh, you asked me something else I was going to answer before we jumped in today's episode, Sounds but I guess at this so point, we're going to jump baseball. Right, 
There's, there's nothing dumb about baseball. It's America's pastime. So, anyhow, go Braves. <laughs> go Braves. Super excited. And uh, hopefully I'll be traveling to a city near you, mm-hmm. assuming the Braves make it to the World Series. Let's go. But you, Mark, and I will not be going to a Phillies game because I do not anticipate the Phillies playing baseball on either the Sunday, Monday, or Tuesday that we are in Philadelphia. Know, leave it to the MLB to schedule a game bright and early at 7 a.m. on a Thursday. Yeah. Well, you know, they did that to the Tampa Bay Rays. Hold on, y'all, y'all, hold on. When they say doubleheader, does that mean y'all play two games in the yeah. same day? Yeah. What the hell is wrong with y'all? And people you. like stay, like pe- baseball fans in general, yes. y'all out there. So that's literally like a 15, 16-hour day if you were like to— I don't know how doubleheaders work from the, from the spectator standpoint because from a spectator standpoint, you may have to leave and then the next round of spectators come in because you may only have tickets to the first game or tickets to the second game. And they don't do doubleheaders, John, for playoffs. They do doubleheaders typically when they're trying to make up a rainout that had happened oh. earlier in the season, but they're not doing. I thought they scheduled them, like had them sprinkled them like Thursday night football games. Like everybody's going to have at least three doubleheaders in the season. They may do one doubleheader a year from a scheduling standpoint, but what? the other doubleheaders are unplanned. And it's like so new pitcher, but like different p- players out in the field. Yeah, but you'll give certain players like rest. Like your catcher, you typically don't have the same catcher you can't catching. Squat that it, long. it just it it taxes your body. Shout out Mike like, Piazza. Like like I was a catcher. And I can tell you this, games where I wasn't catching, I hit way better than games when I was catching, which is what makes Mike Piazza Mike Piazza. He was a 300 career hitter, Johnny Bench, 300 career hitter, and they also caught. Typically, your catcher is a worse hitter than the rest of the team, not because they weren't a great hitter. It's just squatting down all day. It's just the it's it's the physical and mental aspect of the game is stressful. Whereas maybe a position player or definitely a DH yeah. isn't as stressed out. That's a good point, Dustin, because yeah. a catcher, you have to pay attention. But I can stand on left field, left field picking my ass, waiting for the ball to get hit to me. I mean, to a certain extent, yes. Shout out, Manny. I learned that from Manny Ramirez. <laughs> he taught you that? You and Manny <laughs> used to hang out ba- back in your Boston uh, yeah. days? All right. All right. Very cool. Good baseball talk. One day, Dustin. One day, John. You'll be able to talk oh, about God. this. Hey, Mark, do us a favor. Please put a timestamp <laughs> in the description. There's going to be... Like half our audience is cool with this. The other half is pissed off right it now. It doesn't matter what they want. It's about how we want to produce the show. Is that how it works, John? Yeah, it's our wow. show. You I know what? Su- Drop us a comment right now. Yeah. Should Dio continue caring about the people who don't <laughs> like the banter? Or should I listen to John's advice and be like, you know what? It's our freaking show. Yeah. We are the creative genii. Yeah. Until the, genii. The, yeah, until- That's geniuses. But instead of but, saying geniuses, I call it a Is genii. that a real word? It's not geniuses. Yeah, the plural of genius is geniuses. Mm. Yeah, but anyhow, I try to make it all fancy and different. I know, that's interesting. But no, so today's episode. You're finally there. <laughs> you ready to go? Yeah. It's brought to you by tloponline.com. Don't go into it. Just go into the episode. Hey, mortgage loan officers, go to tloponline.com <laughs> and become a member. That's all you need to Invest say. Invest in yourself. The shit's badass. That's Trust me. Okay, that's... Tons of value. That's all. Look. If you're going to make it, it's because you invested in yourself. That was TLOPonline.com. It's supposed to be a period, not a comma. So let's get started. Let's get started. I don't know what today's about. I have no idea. No that's bullshit. how you like it. No bullshit. I don't even know Straight what Straight up, that's how you like I it. I do. What are we okay. talking about? Your parents lied to you, John. I mean, that's how all parents do. Tooth fairy, you can do anything in life. I believe in you. I mean, I, when they said I love you, it was real, but all the other shit is like, stop. I believe in you? You think your parents lied to you when they said I what believe in f- you? I'm tired of parents. All parents do is lie to their kids. I'm a parent, and if I say I believe in you, it's because I do believe in my child. Right, you do, but like, hey, dad, like, 
Case in point. And you can do anything that you put your mind hey, to. Besides, you, like, fly. You think, hey, Dad, I really want to go out. I, I really want to play. You think I could get that starting job as a, as a long snapper for the Florida State Seminoles? Do you believe in me? Yes. Now you're lying. <laughs> My God. Yes. I can see your lip quiver. Now you're yes. lying. Now, more now, now, do you want to walk through what you're going to have to do to do that? No. Because, you know what? You have to work on your flexibility. You're going to have to put on 35 pounds of muscle. You're going to have to hire your coach, and you're going to have to put in two hours a day. You're going to have to be willing to be a walk-on. You're going to have to be willing to work your butt off, not get any playing time, get ridiculed by your players, get put down by your coach. But if that's what you want, yes, it is possible. That's the right You answer. might not be willing to put in the work, mm. at which point you'll tell me, Dad, the juice isn't worth the squeeze. For all of that time, all of that effort, all of that energy, all of that bandwidth, there's other shit I'd rather do. At which point, I would say, high five, give me a hug. But, homie, you can do anything. If he wants to be an astronaut, I believe he can be an astronaut. You're a good parent. It was not like that in the 80s and 90s. If he wants up. to be a rock star, he'd be a rock star. Now, he won't be a rock star singer because he ain't got that type of talent. Mm, he could be a drummer, though. He could potentially be a drummer or a guitarist or a bassist or hell. He could be the guy that's microdosing mushrooms and plays the that's freaking cymbals. me. <laughs> hold on, hold on. So, did your parents ever lie to you? Yes. Okay, it's a generational thing. You should be taught. Yeah. Your hey, parents lied to you if you were born before like 1990. Hey, what were you doing in there? Oh, we were just wrestling. No, they weren't. Oh shit. Yeah. You have a little, a younger sister? No, older. Mm, older. They tried. She lied to me too. Yeah. Hey, what were mom and dad doing in there? I heard weird noises. I heard, yeah, yeah. They're wrestling. Parents lied to me. Yeah, that's part of the game now. Especially parents nowadays, they stay lying to their kids. By the way, my mom's super embarrassed because she tunes in. Oh, you, you're asking why she tunes in? Yeah. She tunes in because I'm a terrible son, and I don't reach out and call her yeah, enough. I know. So this is the only so way she can hear your voice. She can Pathetic. Yeah. Oh, my. Oh, no, my parents never lied to <laughs> No, my mom didn't lie to me. She was straight up like, hey, you're an asshole son. Mm -hmm. You do not call me enough. That's, Actually, my mom does lie. That's me. not a lie. That's truth. I don't hear the lies. I don't, I'm, yes, that's truthful. So she tunes in a tea lap because it gives her an opportunity okay, to hear her son. To, to hear her son. Yeah, right. and she likes you too. Thank you. Shout out, Cindy. Shout out to Cindy. Um, but no, yeah, parents lied. You have, do I have a lie to my kids? Like, sure, sure. There's certain things that you know you, you got to hide you, from them. You, you hide, yeah, but there's other things that you shouldn't have lied to them. So let's talk about those things that your parents lied to you about that they shouldn't have lied to you. Going into college matters. Right, and I got three of them. Okay. I got three big ones that you're a business professional. This is going to resonate with you. Oh, shit. Don't talk to strangers. That's a lie. That's a lie. Um, I'm kind of with that because I don't like people, so I don't be talking to strangers now. Okay, guess what? You also aren't uh, in sales and don't <laughs> yeah, There's a reason why you're the creative genius behind t -Lop. There's a reason why when we travel and we go on the road and we have a fancy corporate dinner and JC disappears, we're cool with that. Like, look. He's kind of done with people. He's done his part. He produced the event. He's, he's you know, so I just have learned. I got I to gotta quit telling people you're going to be at dinner. And I just got to tell him, hey, look, at the end of the day, he has a lot of content he has to go produce. There you go. He's going to go back to the hotel. He's going to get himself a Negroni. And yeah. then, and then yeah. he's going to put on his headphones, his classical music. You heard and me. And he's yeah. going to be Thank editing. Thank you. Yes. yes. I see you're wanting to pull to give me daps right now. You're wanting to pull. Um, this shirt is kind of hot and it's sticking to my back. It's because you wore it back-to-back -back episodes. <laughs> of course <laughs> it's yeah. hot and sticking to your shirt. So, yeah, but think about this. Our parents told us don't talk to strangers. But if you are running a business, if you are in sales, you got to talk to strangers. Yeah. Your inability to talk to strangers, whether you like people or don't like people, is irrelevant. You have to be willing to make eye contact, smile. Shake hands, kiss babies, introduce yourself, ask people about themselves, and find ways that you can, A, create a commonality, 
a common bond, build a little bit of trust, figure out what they do for a living, look for ways that you could add value to their life, but most importantly, suggest to them opportunities where you could potentially serve them or someone they know. It's all about our network. It's all about networking. We talked the other episode about this awesome event that we were invited to be a part of that I still want to be a part of. I just came to the event in Dallas. I got to be a part of their next events. That came from someone Nikki knows. That, that came to us because we have an expansive network. Between me, you, Nikki, and Mark, we put our network together. But our parents tell us don't talk to strangers. I'm going to reverse that and tell you a stranger is just a friend you haven't met. Now, should you be leery of creepy people? Yes. Yeah, probably. Yeah, should you understand that there are bad people out there? Sure. Um, should you listen to your spidey senses? Should you follow your gut? Yes, it's there for a reason. But at the end of the day, most people are good people. Most people aren't going to do those outlier terrible things that our parents were so worried about. So do talk to strangers. Your parents lied to you when they told you not to. You ready for the next one? Yeah. It's rude to talk about money. Says who? People who ain't got none. It's rude to talk about money. Yeah, people who don't know about money. Now, it may be rude to brag about mm -hmm. your money. It's rude to make someone feel lesser because they have less money than you. It's rude to think that money is what makes you successful. It's rude to think that only people who work hard have money. Sure, I have learned that. There are people who work really hard. Ain't got no money. Or even harder than me, and they have less money. But it's because what they're passionate about and what, they, what they're good at and where they prioritize things. Doesn't make it rain. It, it doesn't necessarily come with the same financial benefits. But it doesn't mean they're not hard workers. It doesn't mean they're not good people. It doesn't mean they're not great at what they do. So it would be rude to think that way. But to think it's rude to talk about money, no. We learn by conversating. We learn by asking people how they achieved what they achieved. We learn by asking them, if by doing X, what did you actually benefit monetarily? Before we started recording, I, had, I asked Dustin a question about money. As you say, full disclosure, it was a friend talk. I asked you about some money and you gave me an answer. It wasn't yes. really, yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah, we, we talked about money. What if you're like, oh, I don't, I don't want to talk about that. Well, shit, you got like, more of it than me, so you probably know what the hell you're doing, so that's why I asked. Yeah, well, but if you're in the mortgage industry, it's your job to talk about money. If you're in a sales profession, whether I sold TV advertising, whether I sold IT training solutions, software, pharmaceutical, I'm a realtor or I'm a lender. Like, our commissions earned says a lot about our success. So we talk openly about our income and we don't really have to because I can guess everyone's comp plan. Like within a five to 10% variance, I can look at your production and know how much money you make. So I don't need you bragging about how much money you make, but we can be openly talking about it. And it does denote success when you're in sales. But if you're having money troubles and you don't want to talk about it, dude, come on. Like, seek the help that you desire. It'd be like having, you know, emotional distress and not wanting to seek help. It'd be like being obesely overweight and not wanting to go talk to a doctor or a psychologist about why it is that you're that way. Nothing changes if nothing changes. So I think it's absolute BS. It's rude to talk about money. If I'm running a business and I'm not successful, meaning I'm not able to pay my bills, 
because I'm not bringing in enough revenue to cover the expenses. I need to be open to talk about what it is that's going on, putting my head in the sand and ignoring it because, oh, my parents told me it's rude to talk about money. Uh-uh, that is not how you get ahead. Go ahead and just like strip back that ego. Go ahead and drop that, uh, that shield mm. that you're putting up. Make yourself vulnerable. Make yourself receptive. Don't need to brag. You can definitely talk about it. And by the way, if you are someone who has had success, if you are someone who has figured it out, you don't need to be rude either and not share your secrets because your secrets aren't secrets unless you're Coke and it's a secret formula, right? Unless you're a, a, some kind of a algorithm developer and, you know, okay, cool. But most people, you learned it from someone else who learned it from someone else who read it in a book, who that book was written by someone that attended a conference, right? Like this guy, Sam, that I'm looking to connect with in a deeper level. What really impressed me about Sam was less about the fact that he shared a story about how he made a million dollars as a loan originator when he was 20 years old back in the early 2000s. By the way, y'all, he did so. I don't want to like ruin too much of his story by door knocking apartment complexes. So my boy Hunter in Denver, who I coach sometimes, who talked about wanting to work with apartment complexes. Hunter, although that's your 20%, not your 80%, you're on to something, homie. You're on to something. But um, what, what I loved about Sam is Sam is, is a re, you know, pretty, pretty renowned mindset coach. And I was like, dude, how did you do that? Like you, you, you went to work when you were 19, you started making a million dollars a year when you were 20. He said, no, 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 I'm a, one of the best students that there is. He said that he looked up to Tony Robbins, but he looked up to Tony Robbins so much. He said, how did Tony Robbins become Tony Robbins? Who, do, who was he listening to? Mm -hmm. What books was he reading? What gurus was he hiring? What conferences was he attending? And he went and did everything Tony Robbins did. So today, Sam is a very successful, I'm talking like some A-list clients, mindset coach. And he started his career in the mortgage industry and he still is in mortgage and real estate. I mean, it's, it's his mindset mastermind summit that that we're trying to be a part of but um imagine if sam thought it was rude to talk about money if sam wasn't willing to share his experiences like people wouldn't become better so if you're someone who knows something mm -hmm. make sure you're not rude make sure you're out there paying it forward and sharing what it was that made you successful with others and those others raise your hand if you're struggling and say hey i'm willing to talk about money because although money isn't everything Money does help make life less stressful. Mm -hmm. And if you treat it wrongly, money can create new stresses. Oh, yeah. I mean, Biggie did say mo' money, more problems. Mm -hmm. Now, was that because with mo' money, he then started creating yep. new stresses? Mm -hmm. Mo' money without creating new stresses makes life easier. Mm -hmm. Imagine not having to fight with your spouse over money, not have to worry about paying your bills, not have to worry about whether or not you can afford to go to your uncle's funeral because that $500 plane ticket is the difference of like, can I buy groceries or can I not? So there's certain things, if you don't go out of your way to change your lifestyle, but you increase the money you bring into your household, it can definitely alleviate stresses. So that was the number two, I think big, our parents lied to us. Mm -hmm. you ready for number three? We only have three, John. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, you're like, Jesus Christ, no, no, how many no, do we no, have? No, no, that's cool. We only have three. Okay. You ever had someone tell you, a parent, a coach, a teacher, a mentor. You know, John, don't let them see you sweat. You ever heard that one before? Yeah, usually from my obesely out of way, out of shape uh, football coach spitting in my face when you're <laughs> trying to do burpees. Yeah, it happens all the time. Yeah, I don't get that. Don't let them see you sweat. 
there are a certain occasions in life where maybe you're worried about something. Maybe you are trying to figure something out behind the scenes and you don't want to let the other teammates see that you're nervous or to, to recognize that there could be something wrong because you first want to determine, hey, do I have, do I have an issue or do I, do I not have an issue? The minute you have an issue, you have to go address it. But like, there's certain aspects where it's like, okay, I kind of see what they meant by don't let them see you sweat. But in many times, when you're working hard, when you're busting your rear end, when you're putting forth effort, you need to go out of your way to make sure your teammates and your senior members, the people you report to, recognize that. Because if you aren't making sure they recognize it, it may go unnoticed. If it goes unnoticed, you may not get credit. If you don't get credit, you may not get opportunity. So I think too many times we heard, don't let them see you sweat. And that may have been someone saying, hey, if you're nervous, don't let them see that you're nervous. If you're scared, don't let them see that you're scared. Mm -hmm. But in most cases, if you're talking about the work and the effort that you're putting in, you need to make sure that people see you busting your rear end. If not, it may go for not. Like, sure, you get the personal fulfillment, but you may not get the recognition that you need and the spotlight that, that, that you crave. That recognition <laughs> spotlight may come with resources. Those resources, coupled with all of that effort that's forcing you to sweat, may be what, what it takes for you to actually have that spark ignite into a massive flame. So I think too many times we go out of our way not to let people see us sweat when it's like, no, in many instances, I want you without being braggadocious, without being flamboyant, over the top, you need to make sure that politely and professionally people are seeing all of the effort or they're hearing all of the effort that you, that's why we do call logs in sales, right? Because I can't micromanage John Coleman and be next to him every day, but I can definitely have John report to me I made this many sales calls. I had this many one-on-ones. I generated this many leads. Greatness trackers dominate the ones as a way of showing people that you're putting forth the work. But like I think of a loan originator friend of mine who she goes out of her way to make sure that the realtors think that every loan that she touches is easy. It's just a hot knife through warm butter. Every single bar where, oh, that's going to be no issue. My team and I got your back. I don't get that. You then go underappreciated. That realtor then thinks everyone can do the do a mortgage. I might as well go get licensed yeah, if I'm a realtor. I don't, I don't need you because I don't need you. Loans are super easy. Look look how look how good Christy does over there. I'm like no, Christy. If that's a hard ass loan, let them know. Let the realtor know it's a hard ass loan. Heck, if it's a hard loan, tell them it's a hard ass loan. If it's a marginally difficult loan, let them know it's a hard loan. If it's an easy loan, tell them that shit was impossible. Ah, I mean, look, to each is their own, John, to each is their own. But I think we go out of our way and it's like, then people don't respect us. Then people think that we're not worth what they're paying us. Mm. No, if it's hard, let them know it's hard. Let them know how hard it is. And then give them the confidence that they're working with the right team. Hey, look, this is a hard loan. It's paperwork intensive, but we've seen harder. We've, we've gotten harder approved. So I got your back. I'm going to take care of you, but I'm going to need you on standby. I'm going to need you ready to send me documents when I need them. And I may come to you and we, we may have to restructure. We may have to do a couple pivots. I'm going to see you to the end. I'm going to make sure that you get the financing to buy this dream home. But I need you to understand it's not easy. I'm glad you picked me because I don't know many other banks or lenders who could get your loan closed. But I'm going to take care of you. Like those conversations need to be had 
more often than they are. And when they are, then you get respected. Because now, if it's a hard-ass loan in this case, and it closes a week late, but you get it closed, everyone knew. Ain't nobody holding it against you. I just had to deal with a customer service issue. True story. So this is mortgage-related, y'all. True story. A manager broker of a, of a large brokerage calls me. I've known this guy for 19 years. He calls me. He's like, hey, there's a loan file in your office, and my realtor's saying this, and the loan officer and the loan partner saying that, X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. Of course, I do my job. I call the loan partner. I call the loan officer. I dig in, find out what's going on. And it's what goes on on every hard loan, right? They're hard loans. Someone told this borrower that financing was going to be not an issue. What a breeze. I think the loan partner did. Oh, we got it. Well, it's not an easy loan. This is 100% financing on a $600,000 purchase. Layup. Yeah, this is, this is somebody who, although they might make 150 grand a year, they don't have any savings. That's why we have to do 100% financing. And their income is variable, and they have multiple income streams. And by the way, it's not a Fannie Freddie product. It's not an FHA, USDA, VA product. It's a bank portfolio. Mm. Bank portfolios historically are harder loans to get qualified. They're more restrictive. That person should have been told up front, hey, I have good news and bad news. Bad news is you won't qualify for any other loan out there. Most lenders will tell you no. Good news is I can tell you yes because I have access to this bank portfolio loan that's 100% financing, blah, blah, blah. Hey, look, you both work two jobs and your job isn't with guaranteed income. Your income's variable. I'm going to get your tax returns up front, your 1099s, your W-2s. I'm going to calculate your income, but ultimately the underwriter is going to have to approve my work. If for whatever reason the underwriter doesn't approve of how I calculate your income and they want to downgrade your income, we may have to pivot. Don't worry, I have two or three outs, things that I think we can do so you can still buy this house, you can still put no money down, you can still qualify, but it may take some pivoting. And then that needs to be relayed to the, to the buyer's agent without giving specifics. Hey, good news, bad news. Most lenders would tell this person no, I'm telling them yes. I'm doing this loan through a bank portfolio product. Bank portfolio products tend to have X, Y, and Z. I may have to do some 11th hour pivots. Just be on standby. I'll keep you updated. If it goes super smooth, they're the hero. If it closes, but it's a little bit turbulent. I told you so. There's, yeah. Like, hey, look, we set proper expectations. Realtor, you got paid. Borrower, you got the home of your dreams. Seller, you got your cash. I got my commission check. Life moves on. Right. And bank got another loan to put in their in their portfolio. But to not let people see you sweat, I just don't get it. I think we have to let people know when it is hard, when we're working hard. I think we have to let them see that so they don't take us for granted. So they don't um, think that just anybody can do our job. And that would be like the third thing that I think it could have been a parent, could have been a coach, could have been a teacher. Whoever told you don't let them see you sweat. That is not end all be all advice. I think that's outlier advice in certain situations. In most situations, no. Make sure your effort is being recorded. Make sure your effort is being recognized. Because if people record and recognize your effort, they're going to be more willing to support you. And sometimes that support is what you need to actually turn the corner to actually level up. How about that for a podcast episode, John Coleman? You know, I was really reflecting on what you said and how I was going to end the episode about, you know what, John, what's the number one lie your parents told, you know, you, John, told me. And I was thinking about this. Should I make it humorous? And I say the number one thing that my parents lied to me about is when they said nothing good happens after midnight because some of the best times in my life have been at the ass crack in the morning. So 
So on that note, go Braves. Thank you, Mom, for tuning in. These are the three areas that your parents lied to you. If you can think of a couple more, we'd love you to throw them in the comments if you are on YouTube. If you don't know we have a YouTube channel, slide over. Please hit subscribe. Even if you continue to listen to us on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Google Play. Follow us on social. That's Facebook. That's Instagram, at The Lone Officer Podcast. If you're really trendy, go ahead and hop on TikTok. We're there, too. Losers. If you want to connect with me individually, first name Dustin, last name Owen. If you are a, oh, by the way, that's on LinkedIn. If you are a loan officer. L-O's. TLOP, T-L-O-P, online.com. Check it out. It's a phenomenal resource. The best bang for your buck if you're looking to invest in your business and your professional growth. Philadelphia, we are coming for you. Tomorrow. We're coming for your Philly cheesesteaks. We are coming to network with our mortgage banking friends and all of the companies that support the mortgage banking industry. We're going to check out Maroon 5. We're going to check out Tim McGraw. And then for y'all, we're going to catch you on the next episode. Peace. <laughs>